0: what's up guys welcome to an all-new episode of convos on the pedicab it's thanksgiving eve we're being extra careful we're outside we're uh, more than six feet away from each other um we don't have our mask on because, you know, breathing fresh air is essential. <laughs> um, that being said, I got a very special guest. I got Alexis Ferguson. She's a um, good friend and volunteer with Vanessa Fuentes' city council campaign. If you guys are unaware, Vanessa Fuentes is now the uh, new city council member in District mm-hmm. 2 in Southeast Austin. Zip code 78744, 78617, 78749, parts of five. Uh, it's a huge district. Vanessa is now the representative, and I'm just very honored and very happy that I have a chance to talk to one of her good friends and one of her volunteers because you need positive back-and-forth discussions to help move the city forward, especially with how hurt we've been throughout the virus and a lot of the civil unrest that's going on. Um, before we get started, we just, we got to give a quick shout-out to our sponsor, uh, 10th Planet Austin, 10PATX. Uh, get woke and improve your jiu-jitsu at the same time, like I s- said just now, there is a lot of civil unrest going going on right now, and there's no better time than now to learn how to intelligently defend yourself by attaining proficiency in a grappling-based martial art like jiu-jitsu. They also have MMA classes. They have Muay Thai. We have strength and conditioning. There are, it's a phenomenal gym with phenomenal people. Everybody's very open to a lot of new ideas. It is an extremely um, positive place, So. You know, if you guys are if you guys are um, in Southeast Austin, we're on located on 71 between 71 and I35, 10 PATX. We also have a 10th planet in Round Rock. So, please come by and uh, check us out. Anyway, Alexis, thank you so much for um for joining me.
1: Thank you. Thanks for asking me. We had a great conversation on uh, election, election day. Election day?
0: Yes, election day.
1: Yeah, that was a good combo. Um, I was really um impressed with um, you know, you talk about civility and and civil unrest. We had the probably the best civil conversation about politics that I've ever had.
0: Yeah, it was phenomenal. And and these things are getting lost on people because you know, especially with these uh stay at home orders. These stay at home orders are literally creating division amongst people. Like they're mm-hmm. causing people yeah. who other like to fall into bubbles because they're not exposed to new perspectives because everybody's sheltered in their own place and in their own home Mm -hmm. and then it just turns and then everyone's also scared about what's going to happen to them financially Mm -hmm. they're scared about what's going to happen socially and they're afraid that this virus could lead to new forms of authoritarianism which Mm -hmm. i'm scared of that too yeah um people are scared of losing their small businesses they're scared of their 401ks plummeting everybody's scared right now everyone's on edge and it 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 doesn't and, and with that being said it leads to these very um vitriolic and abrasive type of conversations yeah. which are really harmful to the general public right now. So the purpose of this podcast is to do the opposite and actually have normal, um, sane, civil productive discussions with, with one another to like help move us forward
1: positively. Yeah. I think that the biggest thing that, um, I found with people that are, were open to having conversations with me, um, or to understanding why I might've felt a certain way about a certain, um, thing happening in the world was that the people that were genuinely interested in understanding like drop their guard and we're like tell me you know and I think that uh, we talked a little bit about this I think that we've lost that um, connection and understanding that just because you feel something about some you know what some way about something doesn't mean that you can't feel another way about a different subject or that maybe we don't have commonalities I mean I felt like we had a lot more in common that we than we thought we would when we started I, I, the I combat. kind of
0: agree I kind of agreed with that yeah Um, And I think that a lot of times people have opinions because they they might just not know There might just be certain things that they don't know about.
1: Yeah. And and you, you talked about the bubbles and I think that the bubble is this thing that probably scares me the most. I don't come from a place of fear a lot of times, but after realizing, especially after lockdown and after realizing, you know, Brian, my husband's here on the sidelines and Brian and I would have these conversations and he has one bubble source and I have another bubble source. And I'm like, what are you talking about? There's so many times I was like, I have no idea what you're talking about. And it would be like the, big the big combo happening on one side of the spectrum right and um, and I, it was really fascinating to me because then you start unraveling uh, Social Dilemma the, the film you know, I saw kind of, that yeah that yeah was... and and it's like you're like oh crap you know sorry am I allowed no, to say whatever okay. you want Yeah, <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. Like, um, and and you just realize really quickly that um, perspective is everything right so if my, if my perspective on an issue or an event or something happening is based on my experiences and all the things that I've taken in over the years and the information that I'm getting, then how could I not see it the way that I see it?
0: Well, everybody has their confirmation biases mm-hmm. and you're seeing confirmation bias get solidified and solidified and solidified more and more. And there's gotta be an openness to new ideas and new perspectives. And that's one of the things I try to do. And it's that I try to get people from all walks of life to come talk to me. Like I had a guy from Infowars talk to me Yeah, and then I, Immediately had like Morgan Witt, like the super progressive like city council candidate, come on right afterwards because I don't want this to be an echo chamber. I want this. Sure. To, I want multiple perspectives on the show to talk to me. And then you're also going to realize that we have a lot more in common than you think.
1: Yeah. And, and that that's
0: another important thing that people need to understand.
1: If you can sit at the table with somebody, even if you're like, uh, I mean, just totally on the opposite ends of the spectrum, and go in not expecting to answer questions, but go in understanding that you're going to learn by listening. And taking a pause because you might learn something new you know I debate with my dad all the time and um, what I found was he's he's my safe place right because he's my dad (laughs) so um, and you know we can talk about like really deep issues and he'll give me all the talking points and I might throw back talking points to him but then at some point we come to a place where we one we respect each other and when you don't respect another person you can't really you know go into that level of understanding that you can like set everything else aside, and I think that's, you know, people have lost respect for one another because of the the info they're getting and that down that echo chamber yeah. that they live in.
0: Yeah, hundred percent. But um, how do you know Vanessa?
1: Okay, so I met Vanessa um, through several organizations that we've been volunteering with and been on the board of directors for the last, I think like ten years, maybe maybe a little less than that, because um, time flies, right? Um, I think it, I think it has been a decade though, and uh, she's amazing. And you you were asking me like, why'd you volunteer and where are you from? And I was like, oh, I, I don't live in Austin. I live in Cedar Park. And you're like, you came down here? And I was like, yeah, because I I just I really have been um, blown away by what she's done with the work that I've done with her. Such as what? So we were on the board of directors for. Um, the Hispanic Women's Network of Texas. Um, we. And what are, do you guys?
0: What is, what is? What do they do?
1: What is? This? It's an an yeah. organization that's based, um, that was based back in the '70s to help women have a network because if you recall the good old boys network, if you had a friend who had a job at a you know let's state, it's a state agency or a law firm or whatever. Well, that's anything. The, Anybody right. who has a
0: network, you you hook your friends up because that's that's normal. Well, like, like if but
1: I... but if, but you you do it through organizations like that. Like, what if you didn't know? Everybody in town, or what? That's if, true. You know. No, yeah, so, yeah. So I This, this organization that. was based to help us connect, um, so that we could have a network to lean upon and to um, endorse each other and really lift each other up. So it's um, it's a nonprofit. Um, again, it's been around for I think 30, 30 plus years. So you know, thirty five years.
0: So it, just, it like helps Hispanic women get jobs and network and do stuff like that?
1: It helps Hispanic women not only, you know, understand, we, we focus on education, um, civil, you know, civil things um, that are happening around, like volunteerism is big for us um, and really engaging in the community. That's good. Yeah,
0: I support that. That's positive. Thank you. And you've known Vanessa for like 10 years, right? Mm-hmm. And what's your friendship with her been like?
1: Oh, she's great. So we, I mean, we we socialize um, within our circles. Um, we did get to go to her wedding, so you know I'm that kind. I'm that I'm that close enough to, That's <laughs> to get cool. invited to her yeah. wedding.
0: And she got married what kind of recently? or something? Uh, last like? year, All last right.
1: uh, Jan- uh, December thirty first. Well, shit, congrats! Okay, yeah. okay, yeah. So she brand new, you know, newlywed. And then you know she'd worked for the um, the heart association for a long time as an advocate for health.
0: But did you have a medical degree or anything Mm-mm. like? No. So what did she do with the Heart Association? So with
1: the Heart Association, you you do lobbying. You advocate for that type of work.
0: So she was lobbying companies on behalf of the American Heart Association.
1: She was lobbying a legislature. Okay, so to
0: donate to donate. Not to donate two.
1: to um, help get the issues that you know help people have good you know sustainable, healthy initiatives.
0: So she was lo- she would lobby legislators in behalf of the Heart Association. Mm-hmm to get certain laws passed as I understand it. it, Yes. (laughs) That's that's pretty, that's pretty cool. Yeah. All right.
1: right. Yeah. So she's, she's a go getter. And so when she decided to run, you know, I said, just let me know what you need. So that's how, that's how that happened. That's how I got to meet you.
0: Yeah, that is. And I'm really happy about that. So I was actually running too. Uh And, um, I had no interest in wanting to like run for public office at all. Like zero. I I did mayor two years ago. That was kind of a little bit of a trolley candidacy. Uh, But I I mean, I I had fun. I had fun doing it, but it was it was kind of like the best experience that I never wanted to do again. Yeah. Um, But then these lockdowns happened. Okay. Um, And, you know, ultimately, I was fine riding my pedicab, doing jujitsu, spending time with my girlfriend and making rap songs about conspiracy theories. Like, I really (laughs) did not want to do anything else. Like, I was very happy with the life I had. I had Uh no interest in wanting to do anything else. Like, I was comfortable. I was good. I liked the trajectory of how my life was headed. Yeah. But then lockdowns happened. Yeah. Um, And then protests happened. Yeah. And then, you know, the city was giving mixed messages in regards to gathering when you compared being able to, you know, go to work at your job versus going out and protesting in large groups in the midst of a deadly pandemic. Mm -hmm. And then you, you factor in, you know, that... None of the, the, the small business venues, especially bars, restaurants, music venues, were getting mm-hmm. any assistance whatsoever. Yeah. Um, even our shop, we have to still pay permitting fees for cabs we're not barely even using. Mm. You know, it's, it's, it really felt as though the entire city council, specifically our mayor, is just giving a giant middle finger to everything that makes the city special. Mm. And so I didn't want to sit there and take it because I love Austin. I, I this place has allowed me to grow into the person that I am. Mm-hmm. You know, the, um, and I finally found a job that I was that I'm good at that makes me really happy that gives me personal fulfillment. And I felt as I, and I still feel as though the mayor and our city are trying to literally take it away from me. So I mm. fought back. Yeah, and I ran. Yeah, and I. Um, ran a much more serious campaign and I had a, a, a series of issues that I felt we need to actually address and address immediately to move mm-hmm. forward and then do it in a way that's non-divisive. And yeah. um, then, then Casey came along and Casey, you know, has had a lot of the same ideas as me and, and we agreed with a lot of stuff, but he's been in the community for years, his mm-hmm. entire life and he ran before and there was a lot of support behind Casey mm-hmm. justifiably mm-hmm. and none behind me mm-hmm. because I just jumped in, in August. And I didn't really have that much community involvement because I had no interest in wanting to run or do any of this. Yeah. But Casey liked my ideas. He was popular. And I figure, you know what, um, drop out and help your boy win because that's literally like you winning. Yeah. And so that's kind of how that all got brought about.
1: Yeah. That's awesome. No, you definitely, you know, I think community involvement is really important and, um, you know, um, what I know, I know you were, you were curious a, l- a little bit about Vanessa's stuff, and I don't know all the ins and outs of her policies, but what I do know is that she's dedicated to where she lives and improving it and making it a better place. And
0: so, you, I'm going to give you my honest opinion about Vanessa and about David, right? Okay. Um, so, when I first jumped into the race, I really did not like either of them. No. I, I really did not like these people at all. Based And on I still probably don't like David because I never really interacted with David. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then David got fucking wrecked. The <laughs> most well-funded candidate in the district got oh, fucking annihilated. Yeah. Um, like he didn't even come in. Like he came in third. Like Casey still beat the most well-funded candidate in the district, mm-hmm. right? But I did not like them, you know? And the reason I didn't like them is because I, they just were establishment candidates. And mm. to me, the City Hall establishment was pro-lockdown. You know, it w- was pro-lockdown, pro-code yeah. next, pro-homeless. Yeah, um, They weren't addressing like you know, they're mismanaging our budget and the way they um, addressed our whole police stuff. But that's another story entirely, which all ties back into how they're neglecting our small businesses. Yeah. Um. So I, I really had no, I really did not have any love for any of them. Okay. But, you know, I've started talking to like the people on Vanessa's staff. Yeah. And they were all like really cool people. Yeah. And genuinely speaking, and I still don't know Vanessa, so I don't have like a full, opi- I don't have like yeah. an, an opinion of her yet. But it's definitely improved. And I think the reason why it's improved is because you ever heard the phrase, like you're the the average of your five closest friends. Mm -hmm. So... If you're going to talk to the people that Vanessa's been around that are helping her and they're all like really cool people, <laughs> chances are, and then, then if these people are like receptive and open to listening to you, yeah, chances are like Vanessa's probably going to be open and receptive to actually listening to some of these concerns. And as long as these concerns and issues get addressed, that's all that really matters.
1: Yeah. You know, I think I think she's focused a little bit on, uh, well, I know for sure that one of the things that makes her really great is that she does want to go into and understand she doesn't come in with preconceived notions on what has to be based on her own experience because i think she realizes that people have different needs in the community right and there's not really one thing or one person that's better than the other if you're all part of the same neighborhood it's for the good of the neighborhood so the issues that have been brought up probably at her taco talks that she did you know around every tuesday i think is what she would do is go to taco trucks in the morning
0: uh, does she still do that because i'll talk to her because now she's going to actually be elected she, it's probably more important now that you have right? these talks
1: I, I, I before bet she you will. get before I, you
0: actually like get into office don't stop now that you've won you better I don't keep this going
1: yeah i don't think she will i think she's committed and i think that that's the whole thing that that made the difference right is that she was really into getting to hear and listen and understand what were the needs um, I think she had an idea going in you know to, I think the flooding was part of the you know the the lack of, of funding and and things that were happening every time you remember that big historical flood in onion Creek Well, I wasn't
0: around then, so like people were asking me that those questions and I'm yeah. like yeah I didn't I literally just moved to Austin so I had so I did nothing know, yeah. when it came to this Cause
1: that was it was terrible you know that was uh, Halloween Not too long ago, I guess, right before you got here, I moved in
0: two thousand thirteen in like August, so I was totally out of touch with
1: (laughs) everything. And um, and then you know just the the lack of healthcare options, especially during COVID, for you know you, you talk about the Hispanic population in Austin and most of it being on this side of thirty five and most of it being you know underfunded. Yeah. So
0: there's also density too. There's yeah. also like like um, generally speaking, and this these are these are doctors who are were like working close with the Biden administration. We're saying that like communities of color were more likely to get COVID. Not only because like there's more essential workers, but there's also more intergenerational living, mm-hmm. and they're they're uh, more likely to live in densely clo- uh, clustered areas. Mm-hmm. And our city is um, trying to create a housing model based on urban density, based on overly densifying Austin, while we're in the middle of a pandemic. Like it's just the most irresponsible thing that you could. Do and This it is seems where as you're little, talking
1: about the developers, aren't you? Yeah. yeah.
0: You know, like you're talking about slowing the spread of COVID, but then why are you creating a housing model based on density? That's literally how you expedite COVID. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they're trying to do this rail. And, mm-hmm. you know, you have a, a um, an infrastructure project that's going to create a 25% tax increase in the middle of a pandemic. In the middle of a recession, you're yeah, going to create a huge tax one, increase while these small businesses are getting wrecked, while you're offering no help to them. And then you're going to create, then you're going to tax them by a 25%
1: increase on what top would, of that. Like, like, what would you do? Like, what would be the first thing if you, let's just say all the cards were different and you landed in in the office, like what would be the one thing that you think would be necessary to help the small businesses get back on their feet?
0: Um, You would take the money, so there's a few things, right? You'd have to do an audit mm-hmm. to find like wasteful spending. Yeah. But the city has spent, I could count, like the city has spent at least $90 million mm-hmm. on things that they could have, like, use a portion of to help our small business, right? I'm not gonna say it's bullshit, but they spent $90 million mm-hmm. on other projects that they deem more important, okay? So $60 million in next year's budget is going to homelessness, okay? Uh, and that's yeah, a lot we of talked, money. We that's a lot about of money. Like, 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 where is that? Like, where is that really going? Yeah. And it it just seems like the more money you put into that, the more you just increase the homeless population, Then you have to spend more money, and then you give money to your buddies in the nonprofits, and you pay for administrative costs, and yeah, you know, there there just seems like it, it's a recipe for like just corruption. Then you have your developer buddies have to build more houses yeah. for these people. Like, it just does not seem like it's really designed to help homeless people. So there's there's homelessness, right? Yeah. They spent twenty million dollars. Um, Trying to like redo improvements for the Dougherty Art Center. Hmm. Like, w- dude, I mean, was your, was your f- like first experience in like your, did you have any like fond memories of listening to like live music or any or performances in Austin? Are, are they at all related to like going to the Dougherty Art Center?
1: Are they related? Well, I like the darty Art Center, but. Right, um. but like,
0: are, are those like the memories you're going to tell, like, you know, your kids and grandkids about or, or tell you, like, man, I had this, dude, the Doughty Art Center was lit. Like, you're not going to say that. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Like, you're not going like, to, like, these aren't like ever, you don't make everlasting memories at the Dowdy Art Center. You make those memories at Mohawk, at Stubbs, at the Continental Club. Like, th- those are the, the things taken. that you need, you know? Yeah. And then on, like, March 30th, I, I saw something on Twitter. Um, one of those See, like I'm getting things. the education now and so. like they spent 10 million dollars on like some drag queen organization on March 30th and this was like right when they closed everything and when no one was even getting unemployment they, they spent they gave 10 million dollars to drag queens which I don't even have a <laughs> problem like and I'm not saying this to like be prejudiced right like I have no problems with that stuff like I go to drag shows they're fun as hell yeah you know but to spend 10 million dollars on that one you know you're literally telling an entire entire industries that they can't operate yeah that is selfish and callous I
1: think I think a lot of times and uh, you know pardon me for my ignorance here but I think a lot of times the balls are rolling and then shit hits a fan like COVID nobody saw that I mean I didn't see that coming the way it came I mean you know it's like and these are the times when you have to have a contingency plan and you also have to have you know the plan B in place? Like, what do we do? And I don't think a lot of people for a really long time have had any plan B's in their head, especially in Austin. I mean, look at all the cranes.
0: Yeah. Okay. And then Alexis, here's another, here's another fun fact too. Mm -hmm. When the city decided to defund $170 million, um, cumulatively from APD, Mm -hmm. guess how much money went to, um, small businesses? None. Yeah, zero, <laughs> zero. <laughs> Wait, am I
1: supposed to get this? Right? Yeah,
0: not a penny went to helping these small businesses. So, like, if I were to be in charge, I would have, I would make sure that that money would go to help these businesses. Like, that would be like the main thing that I would focus on is, yeah, helping these venues. Yeah, stay afloat.
1: I, 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 look, I totally get it. I, I, am all for. I'm an entrepreneur, so yeah. I totally, I, I get it, and I, I feel like you know. Um, everything has their, their place um and i wonder how as a community instead of relying on the city council and all them to like come up with ideas where where's the think tanks on this side you know what i mean i feel this is just my 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 opinion is, you know, when COVID hit and you remember the stories of like the farmers that couldn't get there. Yeah. The supply chains are
0: getting all fucked up too. Yeah.
1: And like, I'm like, we have supply chain experts. Like, where are you guys? And they were starting to step up and then they've done things. They've done amazing things as private citizens going, we got a problem. We got to solve this, not waiting on government to come in and step in. Right. Yeah. So I get what you're saying. I think it's time for us as Americans and you know, you know, Austinites or you know, whatever Cedar Park's called, yeah, know, well, well, Texans, all, like to step up and, and like, yeah, we're all neighbors. We got it. We got it. We got to cover each other. You need other's more people back. like
0: myself on commissions and boards. That that's a fact. Yeah, and you need, and I need to get Vanessa to come on this pedicab and talk to me because I yes. feel like she'd be receptive. She'll talk to me. Yeah,
1: she totally. She seemed like she's pretty cool. She's, and her husband
0: was super cool too. I actually her, I like her husband a lot. Her husband's look, awesome. I,
1: I'll tell you this about her is like she she wants to know more and um, she's she's got her opinions and her her ideas, but she's also, like, really great at working through and working with, you know... I, I mean, look, you get a bunch of women in the room that are really, like alphas and you all try to do this you know you're all trying to do the same thing for the same cause but you got alphas in the room somebody's gotta like take a step back and say like hey you know like let's get together and not work against each other agreed so i feel like that's what she'll bring
0: i i hope so i um i think ultimately what what i've noticed too and Mm -hmm. me and casey both noticed was that Vanessa liked a lot of idea a lot of our ideas? Yeah. And she liked them so much so that she started using them in her own
1: oh. in her own speeches. <laughs> well, there you go. Well, and you never know. You guys might have been on the same page from the beginning. Yeah, right. Like, like yeah. You um, just don't know that. Because I so. remember
0: both of us were very much against the rail. Uh-huh. And she seemed like she was pro rail in the beginning, and then all of a sudden heard her staffers telling people not to vote for to vote no yeah. on prop A. So I'm like, you know, I'm not, like, you could you could look at that from two standpoints, right? You could look at it to say, like, hey, they're copying us, or, hey, she's listening to us. Yeah. And and uh, I'm looking at it from the standpoint, I'm like, you know what, Vanessa seems like she liked our idea so much that she was using, that she was... <laughs> um,
1: do we need to take a sign yeah. out? She, she,
0: she liked <laughs> our, our ideas so much that she was using those ideas within her own campaign. Then that means that she's going to be receptive to listening to me, which actually makes me feel good about wanting to talk to her more.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, I don't think she set up this taco talks or did any of the things that she did to like reach out or volunteer for the food banks or, you know, do all the things to roll up her sleeves to, you know, to, for, to placate the cameras, you know what I mean? Like no, that's I, I think, who she really I think, is. I think it's
0: genuine, but I'm, I'm, look, my, Hi. my, my, <laughs> my take on all this Alexis is yeah. that, um, Vanessa seemed to. Vanessa liked my ideas, and she liked Casey's ideas, five, and it's um. It, like, it, it's refreshing and it's good, and, and yeah. hopefully, like I just want to be able to have have a um. Have I, I, don't re- want my, I don't want to have, I don't want the relationship with Vanessa to end now that the election's over. I want those ideas to like hopefully get implemented, and I just want to be able to offer like positive input because. You yeah. know, these are ideas that she liked too, and let's get them done.
1: Yeah, no, I think I think uh, you know you're you're in the neighborhood. It's yeah. it's all good in the hood.
0: What, what's what's her stance on like the whole homeless stuff? And I the,
1: knew the, you're the, gonna ask me these things. I I don't know. I mean, because you're, cause have you're to volunteering, ask her.
0: did she like ever bring any of that stuff up to you, or like what's?
1: I mean, she brought up stuff that was definitely her. You know what they were talking about, but I don't know all the ins and outs of everything. So you should talk to her. You should talk to her because then she can give you a more comprehensive
0: because I know you're you you saw a lot of tents while you were uh, Yeah,
1: there's a lot of tents. Um, there's a lot of tents and then uh, you know you get to to my county and there's none. So
0: And there's none and there's yeah. none.
1: Yeah. I mean, you can ask me what I think.
0: Uh, yeah, yes, sure. what's your take on all that?
1: Um I think it's a really hard conversation to have because of course, homeless, you know, homelessness is one of those things that you just um you, you have empathy for the people that are homeless, you know, God, yeah. God, thank God I don't have to worry about that. I have family and friends that would take me in if something were to happen. Um, and so I think that you have to, you know, it's a, it's a one of those gray areas, so to speak, where, you know, I mean, it's, it's tough to see. Um, but you know, there's more help needed. Like there's more things that are, you know, having to happen, um, than just dealing with the fact that people are camped out, you know? So I know it's a big giant issue that, um, but does it bum me out to see Austin look like that? It's Heck bad. It does. Yeah. Well,
0: cause I don't think that th- th- what they're doing is really about helping homeless people. I think this is about helping developers.
1: Yeah. You were telling me that and that was really interesting to me and it was really, um, one of those things where I was like, man, because I think, I think you, I think what I was talking about is like, you know, um, do do I donate? Do I do I give? You know, do I give to organizations that help homeless homeless people? Yeah. Um. Have I ever rolled my window down and helped somebody out? Absolutely. You know, if someone's yeah. hungry. I'm gonna feed them. Of course. But um. But you're. I think. I think it looks. It doesn't look normal. Like, where do they get the tents?
0: Well, and it's also being weaponized. <laughs> like, it's also being weaponized, right? And, yeah. and it's like, um, have you been following the uh, District Six race? Because that's kind of close. So. Tell me about it. Um, there's this guy named, there, there are two people running, right? And, um, there's, uh, this guy named Jimmy Flanagan, who's mm-hmm. the current council member. And he's just like developer Jimmy, you know, there's an article written about the bulldog about how he's totally mismanaged his finances. He's received more money from developers than any candidate in the wow. entire city of Austin. Yeah. Uh, and it was him, Greg, and then developer Dave were number three. They rounded out the top three. Right. Um, and then there's Mackenzie Kelly, who's, like, this super hardcore conservative, right? And she mm-hmm. was the president of Take Back Austin. And one of the things that they were trying to focus on was, like, literally bring the camping band back into Austin, and back into effect. Yeah. And, look, I don't, like, agree with, like, hardcore conservatism. Yeah. But I've talked to Mackenzie. I've hung out with her numerous times. Like, mm-hmm. she's a really nice person. She's receptive. Mm-hmm. She listens to people. Yeah. And you also can't have the, – the homeless situation cannot be – Exploding like it is right now Like you have to It's like, really weird Like to if me. you're not gonna have a, a plan to address Yeah Homelessness And address to, to address Um Decriminalizing homelessness And there's not gonna be Actionable plans Set forth afterwards You're gonna get this And a camping ban Is still better than this
1: Yeah
0: Um Does that make sense
1: Yeah it does I mean I moved um, here in Aust- To Austin in 95 But yeah And there was a camping ban That was implemented in 94 I think Yeah And it was so. a lot cleaner right Oh yeah Yeah Totally different Um
0: and I, I could go into how I feel about the homeless stuff. My, my main concern more is economic.
1: Yeah, I um, totally agree with as you. As somebody who that.
0: works downtown, it's yeah. like when you see a ton of homeless people downtown, less people want to travel and go out downtown yeah. and spend money and be as like open and be as loose, and that yeah. affects my ability to make a living. Yeah. And then sometimes, like at night, if there's like a female in the shop, I'm not gonna leave. I'm gonna have to stay with her to make sure everything's okay. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. there's stuff like that that you got to deal with, but. Um, well, it used to feel like, really
1: safe. Yeah, you know?
0: but but anyway, what I was saying about Mackenzie and Jimmy yeah. is that Mackenzie's very much in favor of rescinding that, like repealing that, like getting the camping ban back, like repealing the ordinance, right, and getting the camping ban back on to where it was. And but, then Jimmy's and Jimmy's not. And so everyone's now calling Mackenzie like anti. They're trying to just say, hey, you're anti homeless. Yeah, and I think so, that like, that's And so what they'll harsh, do is man. like, yeah, like what 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 they what what these people do is like if you disagree with like the developer friendly narrative at City Hall, they'll call you like anti homeless or they'll call you a racist or if you like think that like if you're not if you're not happy with how they defunded A P D, they'll just say you're like supporting white supremacy or that you're like are a proud boy, or that you're all these things, and that's not like that's really divisive. That's not how you bring people together. Exactly, like, you have to have like a normal discussion about yeah. why you feel a certain way. So yeah. that there's a healthy middle ground in this, and, and which um, is what we
1: were talking about at the beginning. Yeah. Is like you know you don't you don't have to you know broad brush somebody. I get I get why people will say certain things like oh if I see this I think you're this, and I'm like, but then you got to look deeper because maybe they maybe they their experience has been just really yeah. harsh. Um, but I, I just I, until until other um, proven otherwise, you've got to give people the benefit of the doubt, and then, and then. And then you you know, make your make your harsh judgments, but to paintbrush somebody just because they want to see something different they, they,
0: because they, they disagree with stuff. Yeah, yeah. It, it's very dangerous. It's extremely dangerous. Um, and then there was um this motorcycle group called like, the Wind Therapy Freedom Riders, right? And so I don't know if you paid attention, but there was like this like pro cop rally like right before election day, and there was like a recall Adler parade and all that stuff. <laughs> Um, and and to be honest, like considering how he's handled the pandemic and what, and the middle finger that he's given to our small businesses and our live music venues, he yeah. should be recalled. Yeah. Like he should not be in office anymore after what, after how he's handled. And this when, how much he's time not, does he have? Two years? He has two years, but like there's a recall petition circulating right now. Um, And if, you know, if you live in Austin, if you live in the, one of the 10 city council districts, you should sign it because of. You know, the fact that you're enabling vagrancy, the, the way in which you defunded the police departments, your lack of support for small businesses. Actually, you're almost like aiding and abetting in the destruction of small businesses, if you want my honest opinion, with all the actions mm. that you're taking. Yeah. Yeah. Like, this is an attack on the awesome way of life, what, what, what he's doing. Um, and my, this is my opinion. My yeah. opinion, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I got it. Um, and I'm not, I'm not saying this from like a place of hate. Like, I, I've interacted with him. Like, I like him as a human being. Like, he's cool. Like, we're mm-hmm. both Jews. I'd lo- love to spend Passover with him. Like, it'd be fun. You know? <laughs> Um, but you, from a standpoint of you doing your job, like the way that he's been doing his job lately, I feel threatened as, um, somebody who works in the service industry and is a regular person trying to live here. I literally feel threatened by his actions.
1: And those Um, are things that I think are really important to listen to as, you know, part of his constituency. hundred percent. Sorry if I'm
0: like ranting. That's okay. Um, (laughs) but there was, there there was this parade and there was, um, there was like pro cop rally, right? And a bunch of like these Proud Boys like came in and photobombed the photo. And oh. They had like the okay sign, right? And the, mm. the, 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 the whatever. Which... There's a
1: bunch of Proud Boys in Austin.
0: Yeah, I guess so. Dude. I guess so. <laughs> and, and then they called, they said they were all white supremacists and all that shit. But I'm just like, there's also like a lot of people, like, there's also like a lot of black people and Spanish people who are in those groups too, which is kind of, it doesn't mean that you condone it, but it's just people need to be like, the, it's not white supremacy if you have black people. Like, that's like, what are you going to have? Clayton Bixby is like, you know, in the group <laughs> and shit, like that's makes no sense. But um, they basically like lumped McKenzie as, as like they basically used this photo to like accuse yeah. McKenzie Kelly and accuse th- that motorcycle group of being white supremacists. And then the, the the motorcycle guy, um, came and confronted Jimmy at a campaign rally and videotaped it, and Jimmy videotaped it too, and just said that he was got it, like harassed and accosted by. Mackenzie's su- Mackenzie and her supporters, and I'm just like, well, you know, dude, that that's I, not that you have you have no basis of fact to say that. on, like, because Mac- you have no idea that, well, like what Mackenzie's stance in this is.
1: Yeah, well, I think that that's that's the problem that we see a lot is that video can be n- manipulated. I know we're video recording right now; it can be manipulated very easily. Yeah. I've been in the business for a long time, and I've seen lots of stuff happen. Right, where I'm like, we need to edit out this word, and it's it's not that hard. You know it's not that hard and so you gotta you know they used to say what believe none of what you hear and half of what you see right yeah and so now you got to be extra careful because stuff can get manipulated so you want to you if you have a problem or an issue i think you should try to like figure out who you could talk to that like be as direct as possible like you know if you said something that i was like what what did you mean by that? You know, or if I heard you had said something, and you know, you and I are friends, and I'm like, yo, tell me what you meant by this, because I would give you the benefit of. Of course, doubt.
0: and that's that's what I always try to do. Like, mm-hmm. you know, even when I like respond like on Twitter, I'm like, well, this is how I feel about right. this situation. Like, Based there's, on one, your there's one right? like Flanagan supporter on Twitter named like Christine or something. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Who knows? Maybe it's just Jimmy doing another account, right? <laughs> but like, maybe. Um,
1: she but, basically, but like, posted, that much this, she time, posted this
0: meme, right? <laughs> yeah. Saying it takes a really heartless person to like p- want to punish homeless people, and I'm like, it takes a really heartless person to close small businesses without and tell people they can't work without a plan to pay them too.
1: Right. Yeah. I mean, you know, like it's a two way street. Yeah, you can come at it any way you want. And that's, but that's, that's but that's divide,
0: but that, but when you say shit like that and you you try to like, um, communicate based on emotionality, you foster division.
1: Yeah. I know a hundred percent. And that's the problem. And the bubbles, the bubbles are the problem. You know, if you're, if you're, if you're fear, if you're fear based and you're basing everything on, you know, a decision you'd make in duress, right? How can you think clearly? It's like, but we're talking about, you know, when we're talking about small businesses and we're talking about things of that nature, it's like, those those are important too, and people seem to like push those to the to the white wayside. 100%.
0: Hey, before yeah. we go, Alexis, yeah. do you yeah. think voter fraud occurred?
1: I do not think voter fraud occurred. Um, I, you know, I, I'm sorry. I just I'm not buying into that one. I just I I don't. I I I think that. You know, I have seen and heard of things happening in the past where voter suppression. My grandparents had to pay a poll tax to vote. I think you and I talked a little bit about that.
0: We did. I and, think we may have. Yeah. And
1: it's, it's, it was five bucks, but a shit ton of money back then. That's right? five dollars.
0: Yeah, yeah. So, it's not so, joke and, about. And, and
1: and you know that was that that shit. I think is real. I, but I just I don't know. I just don't. I
0: so do so do you? I, I'm going to give you my take on this, right? Okay, yeah, tell so me. So I haven't really gone down the voter fraud rabbit hole too much because I've had a lot of stuff that I've been trying to work on yeah. and do. Um, and, you know, I haven't looked into Dominion Voting System. I haven't looked, looked into Smartmatic. I haven't looked into any of that stuff. Yeah, yeah. But what I can tell you mm-hmm. is that Twitter, Facebook, Google, every single multinational tech company
1: mm-hmm.
0: um, manipulated their algorithm to suppress information, to suppress harmful information about their preferred candidate. Mm. And that is voter fraud and voter suppression in a different way. So um, do I think that like actual voter fraud occurred at the polls? I have no idea. But do I think that voter fraud occurred leading up to this election by these tech companies to censor certain people oh, and, ch- I, and, and, and change information, and And, and, yeah. and, fr- and like, um, give Joe Biden a very fraudulent... V- path to victory yeah 100 percent, hundred fifty percent. like i I will (laughs) i I will die on that horse and this is this this goes back to the democratic primaries we're not even talking about the general election too they had whistleblowers come out and say that they like deliberately um silenced and chose not to interview or talk about andrew yang for more than a certain period of time interesting so this isn't just like to, to sabotage trump they sabotaged everybody it was like a It felt as though there was a massive voter suppression and electioneering campaign to push specifically Joe Biden into
1: office. Huh. That's very interesting. I just my take is that a lot of people were pissed at Trump and were like even his supporters.
0: Yeah, but that's also because of electioneering.
1: I don't
0: know, man. Listen, when I was, um, I, I knew a lot of people that were like super far left too, right? Cause I was, from being in politics and doing all that stuff, like I was friends with like a lot of these like super like communist socialist people as well, right? Like yeah. I tried to have like a And they don't like him either,
1: right? Huh? They don't like Biden either, right? No, they hate him. That's what I'm saying. Like all these Bernie <laughs> bros
0: hated Biden and a lot of them were saying, I'm sitting, if Biden gets the, the nod, we're sitting out. We're not voting, yeah. we're, we're, you know? We're staying home. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, these BLM protests start happening. Um, throughout the entire summer, and a lot of these people were like, went from, "Hey, I'm staying home," to, "I'm holding my nose and I'm voting for Biden." So, yeah, I do you think that there was a lot of like electioneering and a lot of manipulation going on, around to I mean, get their preferred at the candidate level at the office? level now,
1: right? At the level now that they can, I mean, I I, I wouldn't disagree that information bubbles have been penetrated, but you know or saturated, <laughs> but um, I don't know. I don't feel like, I, I feel like we had great voter turnout, and I feel like people uh, on both sides are like, I'm going to show up. Listen, I've never missed an election ever in my life. I'm almost 50. I've been voting since I was 18, and I don't understand people who don't vote. I just don't. No,
0: I understand. If you're not informed, you shouldn't vote if you're not informed. Yeah. I think, I think yeah, You should you should vote if you're informed on what you're voting on. Because that's why people voted. That's why the rail bond passed. Because people were not informed as to what the consequences were.
1: Well, it's like the time when they were like, income tax for the state, yes is no, and no is yes. Remember that? Yeah, I remember that, yeah. People are (laughs) not informed. You got to understand, like, you had to know. Yeah, you're right. I mean, um, or they don't understand the implications. Or or someone didn't do a good enough job No, yeah.
0: You look at our developer-friendly council, half the people that voted for these developer-friendly council members probably heard some progressive bu- buzzwords and, and associated them with progressivism. I remember two years ago when Beto was running for Senate, mm-hmm. like, Pia um, P- it was P- Renteria, like, I think it was, like, Natasha or um, a couple of other candidates, uh, maybe Paige Ellis, they all jumped on the Beto bandwagon to make it f- seem like they were, like, progressive and about working people, and it turns out Beto isn't about any of that shit, right? But, <laughs> um...
1: No comment but, but, on Beto. But,
0: but people thought that, people thought he was at the time because he did a very good job of branding himself that way. And yeah. he, was, he was a good campaigner and he was, very, he was an extremely hard worker. You can't yeah. take that away from him. Yeah. Um, but all these pro real estate, pro developer candidates, they, um, they jumped in the Beto bandwagon and associated themselves with Beto. And then they had that Prop J land code, which gave the Prop J ordinance, which gave people a, a right to vote on their own land code. And you know what they said about Prop J? to get people to vote against it. What? They said, don't Trump Austin. Uh. So that's what I mean. Like, if you're not an informed voter, you shouldn't vote. You should vote if you're informed about what you're voting on.
1: But what if the information you're getting is from your bubble?
0: Expand your bubble. That's what this podcast is for. That's right. Anyway, Expand Alexis, your thank, thank you so much for coming on. Thanks,
1: guys. I appreciate it. Thanks, Alex. All right.